Hello and welcome to the DFS underscore PhD show for January 28th, the NFL final classic slate of the year show. Uh, it's always parting is such sweet sorrow. Um, but remember, you're good enough, you're strong enough, and gosh darn it, someone's got to win that money. Might as well be us again. Congratulations to Chill Man, our resident millionaire from last year, uh, coming in with a nice king of the desert qualification so good luck this weekend next weekend i think they probably alternate it so people can go to the king of the um whatever world tournament of champions the thing i didn't qualify for that i talked about for months so anyway we'll get back there next year i was realizing that's how i actually feel about that it's just like fine i'll just win a legit million and get back there again so um you know we know what it takes it takes luck so Hopefully I get some luck uh, maybe this weekend. So let's talk about it. You can win a million dollars this weekend. Theoretically, I got I got four shots already. We'll see how many more I wind up piling up. But eh, I don't know. Yeah, it's the end of the season here. Moving on to basketball in our minds. We do better at basketball anyway. So, But there is still rain and winds and whatever. And who cares? That's not the real reason why I'm fading that game. And now, granted, the Vegas line on that game is generally lower than the other one. But I think in the other game, like if you revert Detroit to whatever the the line is, like uh, the NFL uh, NFL game line, uh, just to see what it is, because it's big, and I don't think it should be that big. Yeah, we've got a seven-point line here. So I don't know. I mean, it seems a bit wide to me. Um, so I've tightened it up to be three and a half, about half that line. Um. Just I think that's about more where I, I, I see this game. I also had an, a situation where it, it just wouldn't give me the like uh, distribution of guys I wanted. So I had to tweak and tweak and tweak with the uh, I am finally using the min uniques five now. Now, it's not really because I want to. It's more because I'm forced into by the it, it just tells me, oh, I can't do it. I can't do it. But you can do it. You just need to think about it a little bit more. You need some more constraints. It's probably because I messed around with a bunch of these values. So let me tell you how I've messed around with the values. It's mainly wide receivers. So let's go team by team through the wide receivers. Kansas City. Uh, people are, I have added a rule here. I should tell you when I add a rule. First of all, I'm allowing up to 1,500 and more than 200 um, salary just because I don't want a zillion dupes. And I'm saying max one of these wide receiver, two or three for Kansas City. They rotate a little bit. But they didn't rotate that much last week. Last week it was 64% Rashi Rice, 50% MVS, 40% Justin Watson, 40% Mikol. So if we assume Tony is back, which we are for the sake of this particular one uh, show, then we assume like, okay, it's going to be a rotation between these three guys. Who knows? They should all be slightly higher than they're projected because they're kind of splitting the baby. They, they don't know who's going to get these snaps either. But I think we should just go with whatever the, the order of operations has been in the past for this team. And in the past, when these guys have played together, these are the guys who have seen more of the field. So you can add the other guys, too, if you want. I mean, Mecole is probably going to see some snaps. But at 10%, Mecole, no thanks. I mean, it's just like he fumbled last week. Like, there's legit, there are fans calling for him to be fired. So, I mean, I don't think... Uh, after the fumble through the end zone, we're going to see very much Mecole, uh this week. But who knows? Maybe... I just think we're going to see a ton of Tony if he's out there, if he's available. You're going to see more MVS than anybody ever projects. So those are the guys I'd rather go to on this team. 
Uh, but none of them are obviously Rashi Rice level. So we're we're half projecting them. Like, what if they catch maybe one touchdown or a couple of other passes? Because I think that's about where their upside is. Now, Baltimore side, Rashad Bateman should be projected higher than the other guys. He had more snaps. He has more opportunity. The, the field is there. So it's not like I'm telling you guys anything. Presumably, you are with the field on this. And we're just going to jam a little bit of Bateman to cover. Yeah, we're covering that case. We Oh, Max exposure 15% here. I see. Well, uh, I guess that's just because I don't want too many of these wide receivers, but that does explain why I was getting all this. Oh, it won't meet my exposure. Some of my exposures might have been a bit draconian, but I really don't want that much of the Baltimore passing attack. They just don't pass it that much. They'd rather do weird little runs and stuff. I still haven't figured out exactly how to how to capture that running part of it. I might change or add a rule, check out the Discord to see if you agree with the rule I add. I did think the distribution was correct here for Detroit, so I didn't tweak it for wide receivers. Um, same thing. I think I gave, yeah, I gave Jawan Jennings. He's out there more than his current uh, projection was was for, so I'll probably get to a fair amount of leverage Jawan Jennings as a result. Yep, 3x the field on Jawan. Totally makes sense. Now, in the like I was saying, in the backfield, you're going to have to go with your gut here. Um, for me, Obviously, you play you play McCaffrey. You're jamming McCaffrey as much McCaffrey as you're comfortable with. You can do 100% McCaffrey, no problem. Like he probably going to score points. The only way he doesn't get there is injury. So, 10% chance of injury during he doesn't make it there time. So you go with 90% uh, McCaffrey. That's probably what I'm going to do. Like there's just no other game script. What's the game script? They don't they don't give McCaffrey a bunch of points. He's going to score. I mean, I remember. Anyway, so. Uh, beyond that, Justice Hill outsnapped Gus Edwards significantly last week. And I mean, like, so here's the deal. 35% for Justice Hill. I'm going to cover, like, I'll cover that. I'll cover that. But I don't really love that. That's a ton of ownership for this dude who is like in a split backfield. Best case scenario. It, he performed better. I agree. But I mean, like 35%. Let's get out of here. We got 27% David Montgomery. Okay, I'll take that way more often. Presumably am taking that way more often, yeah. Uh, so that's the deal. You know my rule at this point. Max one Detroit running back. It's got, it's done great for us. Every week, one of them smashes. Every week, it's the game script for one of them. This is the kind of week where like maybe you turn off the rule and allow both of them to smash, but I just don't like that game. I don't want to see the game where we get Goff checking it down 45 times out of the backfield and absolutely no passes to wide receivers. I just don't want to see that. I don't want to win money on that so that's why i've left it this way I, you know it's it, i think the rule works in most cases i think that part of phase space is the richest with probability or whatever so that's the real reason not that other bs whatever i'm saying uh we are assuming mark andrews is in in full go for this video he's apparently not even questionable anymore so we're unclicking likely we are also like what are we doing with noah gray if we're really 25% Noah Gray, that's the most concerning like ownership on this slate. I don't understand one quarter of you at all. I mean, I guess pretty much every survey, like a quarter of you are answering wild answers anyway. So it's you guys doing the Noah Gray? Don't click on Noah Gray. I don't, obviously he's going to score a touchdown now. He is going to still, you know, my thing, like honestly for the showdown slate, he's definitely in play. But for this slate, I mean, even, even presuming he's at the stone mid, which he isn't. No, he is at the stone mid. Okay. I thought with the value being 1.2, he wasn't. But he's just for the stone mid, right? It's just to see what else you could possibly pack in there. But I just don't see it. Like, I, you've given up a whole touchdown 
to guys who are playing Mark Andrews. You're giving up more than that to guys who are playing Laporta, Kittle, like uh, Kelsey. In the median universe, you're just throwing away a touchdown or two. I, I can't throw away a touchdown or two. I don't understand you people. Um, in the flex, I'm allowing down to Josh Reynolds-ish. You can you could get a little bit more crazy if you want to allow some of these value guys that are like single digits median, because that's probably where you get to you know winning the millionaire or whatever. But eh, I don't know. I've had pretty good luck in hockey this week, by the way. Just so you know, for build settings, just uh, gearing all my lineups towards winning these three maxes that are kind of medium sized. So I'm not going to do that for NFL yet because you know I had success doing it the other way for NFL, but. Um, and generally speaking, the ROI correlated the best with the appropriate Sabre score. Like I, I checked doing it like that. I checked this exact thing before in August, whenever I did the ultimate test. So I know you don't need to. The thing I you should always actually use the correct Sabre score for your contest. They have done whatever background Lagrangian optimization is done correctly for that. So don't overthink it. Don't do the thing I do in the NHL. That, I mean, honestly, the reason I'm doing it in NHL is because I don't care about the GVP at all. I really do want to just win the saddies. And that's been working. So, you know, make sure you're gearing your... Some people always ask me, and I, I do this a little bit wrong. And Jordan from SaberSim knows how to use his software, and he's right. Like, technically, all of your lineups should be unique. And you should gear the, you know, when you're entering saddies, you should build different lineups for those than you build for the big GPPs. That's not how I do it. I just build the same lineups and I build them for the big GPPs and then they handily win any satellites they win. Right. I mean, cause you know, I'm, I'm already optimizing for top 1% in GPPs. So I feel like I should just win satellites as well. Um, it's been working, so I don't really, uh, care to change it, but I do understand the math. I do understand why you would do it. And I, I mean, I have looked up the correlation of now. So the correlation is with pre-lock ROI, not post-facto ROI. So it's just saying what people who run contest sims think, right? So that's, you know, garbage in, garbage out to an extent. Look how many of these different projections I disagree with today, right? Like it's like almost half of the projections. And half of the other ones over here for ownership are just going to be wrong, right? Like you've seen enough. I mean, if I go to like TrueDFS Twitter, probably I can find it immediately. Yeah, so I was looking at duplicates over exposure. We'll do that for tomorrow. Um, but true DFS. Uh, what's his name is doing a lot of this? True DFS. There we go. Uh yeah, Sheets is doing a lot. He take that oh, August 5th, yeah. Oh, come on, just show me the cool stuff. You've been doing so much good stuff. Uh okay, so he was doing it for golf recently. Let me pull up the last time it was for um yeah, so for the last NFL slate, here we go. Look at this ownership differential. So the ownerships are off by like 10, 15% for the the um the top plays because people are using sim software that tells them they're the top plays and they understand they want to win, so they play the top plays more. So there's like a, a you could almost find some sort of a square of the ownership or some sort of a something like that, some sort of a function. You can I'm sure that's what he is doing. But that that's like what you should be doing here is the big guys, the ones who are highest projected for ownership, you should be manually adjusting them. Like when we go to Christian McCaffrey for every slot at 61%, we should recognize he's probably going to be more like 75, 70. He's going to be higher owned. I don't think I want to have the max I have on him. So I'm going to change that if I have a max. Yeah. Um. Anyway, so 
same thing like Jameson. Let's let's go by ownership here. Who do I think is the worst chalk? I've already told you. I think it's Noah Gray. Beyond that, we have Gus Edwards. Eh, it's not really chalky. Jameson Williams at 45% is a bit much. Um, yeah. Ah, 3,700. Yep, that'll do it. He is extremely, extremely cheap for his role in that current offense. So I get it. That's not bad chalk. Isaiah Pacheco, Rashi Rice. These are all the guys you would expect. Honestly, the ownership's not quite where I would expect. I think a little bit higher for um for ASB here, right? Don't we think he'd be more than 40% be higher than like Pacheco and Jameson? I don't know. I guess he's priced up. So who knows? But my general point is if you're doing the sim pre-lock ROI, you need to recognize the set of of um assumptions that goes into that, which is not only that all the projections and distributions of medians are correct as is natively, which you see, I, I disagree with half of that, but that the ownerships are all correct because part of figuring out how often you beat how many people is figuring out your leverage, right? Figuring out how many cases you eliminate how many, what percent of the field with which choice. And you can see if you're off by 10% for the top 10 owned guys, your, your contest sims are not right. Like they're just not possible that the contest sims cannot be to an order of magnitude correct when you are off by 10%, like when there's a consistent 10% differential between reality and your contest sims. Your pre-lock ROI is not important. That's that's between you and whatever. I mean, do I know how to respond to this exactly? Not really, besides baking in that they're going to be higher owned. But there's definitely a background effect of contest sims and people condensing even more around the best plays in um, in these kinds of tournaments, which means making that one little pivot. So let's talk about those one little pivots down here at the bottom. For instance, right now, for me, my one little pivots that are doing it that would win me big tournaments can win you big tournaments. I don't understand 8% Mark Andrews. Play more, play Mark Andrews. What is going on? I got 30% Mark Andrews. So yeah, let's, let's rank it by leverage. That's easy. David Montgomery. People are underrating the Lions ahead possibility. There's a possibility of the Lions ahead, whatever percentage you think that is, or he gets some check down work, or he scores too many touchdowns, whatever it is. That's up to about 50% of the case uh, cases this year, right? So you got to have some of it. Beyond that, Kadarius, Tony, and MVS. I've already given you my case for playing the weird rotating Kansas City people. They have a low median and a high mean. So you need to go to the, the cases like that where these guys are going to score a lot of points whenever they score points. Because you don't care about the cases where they don't score points. Those lineups didn't win anyway. Okay, so same thing, Justin Watson. You get a little bit of him, but he's already higher on. People are into him. Juwan Jennings, similar case. I didn't, I'm not even changing his projection, right? Oh, eight. Yeah, okay. So I am jamming a little bit of Juwan Jennings just on a snap count basis. He's out there. He's running routes. They're throwing him the ball. I mean, anyway. Um, so, yeah, these are my my dudes this week. Everybody else is just like a reasonable 5 10% owned, and you know, I'm covering them. Or biggest fades right now, Noah Gray, Patrick Mahomes, Gus Edwards, Mecole Hardeman, Jamison Williams, Zay Flowers. Yeah. Baltimore passing attack, Kansas City auxiliary pieces. I I mean, any any person on Kansas City you're going to be confident about? No, thanks. I don't want them this week. I want the ones you're not confident about. Those would be ideal. All right. So that's how I'm playing the slate. That's why I will be punished more than likely. But it's also why if whichever of these guys, MVS or... Kadarius Tony does catch a touchdown. Now, granted, probably he's ruled out before lock. If he's ruled out before lock, what do we do? 
with this wide receiver just so this remains a valuable video. Then you just mix in, I mean, probably Nicole Hardeman, right? Like he probably doesn't completely lose his place just for reaching out for a touchdown in a way that probably winds up changing the rule eventually. I mean, it's a bit onerous of a rule, really. I, like, Really, the problem is every change we've made in sports for years now, for like two decades, has been to favor more offense, right? Like all the penalties we're calling and stuff. So this rule just doesn't make sense as part of the game because we want to incentivize people to reach out and score touchdowns, right? I mean, like whatever era this rule came from, it was a, an era that was penalizing offense. You know, it's just not part of our modern era of football. So that's that's why it's gone is really it's anachronistic. It's not what we're doing with football anymore. Now we want to score points. Now we want the game to be like 63-42 or something. So anyway, that's why you need to... That's why I think that's obviously going to happen in the offseason. Sound off in the comments if you have other... Uh, other feelings. Um, yeah, no other tight end thoughts. What am I even doing here? All right, guys. Remember, you're good enough. You're strong enough. And gosh darn it, someone's got to win that money. Might as well be us. Yes.